0: Welcome to the Teach Speech Podcast. I'm Steph Succo, a high school English teacher, administrator, and college comm arts adjunct.
1: And I'm Josh Succo, a stay-at-home dad and first-year college speech adjunct.
0: We're here to talk about all things speech communication at the high school level and in higher education.
1: We'll discuss how studying communication arts can improve all of our daily lives, from interview experiences to relationships.
0: Like a marriage? Yeah. Like our marriage? Uh,
1: sure. <laughs> We are here to unpack all the feels and what we've learned as speech teachers and coaches over the past 15 years.
0: We hope to explore how we can use all of our public speaking skills to make our lives better.
1: Join us for this journey.
0: Today, we're going to talk about preparing for the new semester or new job. I am I'm about to start a new job after working for 15 years at Cary Grove High School. I've got to say that there is a lot of sadness and also joy with this new transition. So for the last five years, I've also served as the school's instructional coach. And now I'm moving to Crystal Lake South, just down the street. And I will be serving as humanities division leader overseeing English art and music.
1: Yeah, I'll have a transition this fall as well too. Uh, our youngest will be starting kindergarten. With my new free time, after staying at home with our kids, I will be teaching at McHenry County College.
0: And, you know, I think when you think about preparing for a new job or a new semester, you know, there's a lot of joys and excitements that go with that. So we're going to unpack a little bit of that with this podcast.
1: Before we dig in, Steph, what are you learning?
0: So this week I've been reflecting on the meaning of success and what that actually looks like. So often in schools we're assessed and ranked based on quantifiable measures like test scores, college and career readiness criteria, those climate and culture surveys. But success, I truly believe is so much more than those data points. And those data points often leave out a big part of the narrative or the story behind how a school is performing, how an individual student is performing. And so I think it's so important to to look at and redefine success in a more personalized fashion. Whether it's a student or our own children, I feel like I've been really reflecting on what, what are their goals and what what does success look like for each of them. And even though with our own children, our daughters are a year apart, they're so different. And, and we have different you know goals that we're reaching for with them. You know, in uh, Jessica Lale's The Gift of Failure, which is just an awesome book, She's emphasizing that as parents, and really as educators too, because those roles have so many intersecting qualities. I think our, our instinct is to clear away obstacles and provide the most direct path for success. But in doing so, we rob our children of that greatest lesson of failure. And in school, the, the term failure is has such a negative connotation that we are we're constantly pushing and striving for, you know, these measures that maybe don't help our students to really get to their true, you know, success potential. And again, I know I'm saying a lot here, but the, the mistakes, you know, mistakes are inevitable and it's a great part of the learning process. And so I think that is something that is really on my heart and something that I'm I'm still processing right now.
1: Yeah. You talk about failure, you talk about mistakes you know, mistakes are just happy little accidents, right? That's, that's what we know, um, you know, from those PBS uh, shows with, uh, with Bob Ross there. And so that's something we've always taught our students for sure. You know, I don't wanna wrap someone the gift of failure because failure is such an excellent teacher. Now that doesn't mean we're gonna throw someone in the deep end and, and let them drown. You know, there has to be a tightrope walk where there has to be the sense of danger. That's where you do the most learning.
0: Josh, as the social emotional representative in our household, what are you feeling this week?
1: Starting a new job can often come with a fair amount of imposter syndrome. You might feel like a new job or a promotion is something that was unearned, even though you objectively have something that they need and yet you still feel anxiety about it. So Steph, let me turn it on you. What is something that you recommend someone do if they're feeling anxious about starting something new?
0: Well, for me as a person i'm so relationship focused that something that's easing my anxiety with that transition is just really focusing on my relationships not only at my new school but also at my old school and so really leaning on you know other people and and just focusing my energy in in a positive way and investing in people has helped ease my anxiety so much with you know with this given transition
1: that's so perfect because you really do need to find that community of people that you can trust. And and while there may be some anxiety about well this new situation, what's actually happening when you take a step back is you're, you're growing your tribe. You're growing your people that you can learn more about and, and lean on. Um, you know, one thing I would also say is, uh, you know, when you're feeling that anxiety, just, just go ahead and take a, a suggestion from old T. Swizzle here. Taylor Swift, <laughs> shake it off. Okay. Psychologists say that moving your arms and legs can have a profound effect on reducing anxiety. So when starting something new, Steph, yeah, oh, be sure to leave some blank space oh, <laughs> in your schedule to work it out and just go for a walk.
0: Yes. Oh my goodness, I have been walking a ton this uh, this summer, and you know, when I hear "shake it off," I, I think of especially our center child and just getting it out and putting it out there, and then recentering yourself is really key.
1: Yeah you also sometimes will merge those two ideas this summer you'll go for a walk with a friend a colleague anything like that can you just talk a little bit about what that situation is like
0: you know there's a great ted talk that talks about having a walking meeting and i remember watching it you know probably six years ago or so a really long time ago and and just being really invested in that uh, that idea of when people are processing, you know, big ideas, or you're brainstorming, getting outside, getting away from devices, and just really being alone with another person has been so key and positive and fun. And, and I really enjoy that. And I think that act of getting your body moving helps to ease any, you know, tension, especially if you're having, you know, a difficult conversation that can make those conversations more positive and, and more productive
1: difficult conversation like bad blood?
0: Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, please stop.
1: <laughs> Alright Steph, so what does preparing for the new job look like inside the classroom?
0: Well I initially go when you're thinking about a new semester or a new prep or teaching a new level I think we have to start at planning. And so by looking at the calendar, understanding that timing is so crucial. And you know, I think this is something we've already talked about that as a first year teacher, that's probably something that you'll struggle with is that time management piece and understanding how long it takes to get through a unit or a concept or idea. And so even veteran teachers really struggle with that. Mm-hmm. I know that I think eight or nine years ago, I was teaching junior English for the first time and I was pregnant with Harper. And so I reached out to my good friend, Kara, shout out to Kara. Uh, And I said, okay, I need um, just to look at her calendar, her lesson plans, just to get a sense of that pacing. And so timing can be really tricky and students change every year too. So it's important to note that, uh, like I love going in with a whole semester plan, but I also understand that that plan is written in pencil and that's gonna change as, as
1: time goes on so important to take a big plan and then also have that flexibility. I think so oftentimes when people see maybe a veteran teacher or a new teacher come in with a semester planned, they think that that teacher is a rigid teacher. And I think that you can build in those flexible moments and and find ways to kind of reflect and and add that and and kind of use that skill. So I, I think that's such an important thing to keep in mind.
0: Well and also understanding by design or UBD is that backwards planning and I think that's so key and that's something that is taught I think in teacher prep classes mm-hmm. now but even when we were in college that wasn't really a thing that was talked about and so it's it's about starting with that end goal and the learning targets and understanding that like the day to day activities can be flexible And in fact, oftentimes when you see what your students are struggling with or what they're doing well, having an adaptable plan on the daily can be so powerful, but we need to make sure that we are focusing on and we're really integrating those overarching goals and those skill sets that students are going to need when they leave our classroom to be better communicators or, you know, if they're going to a different level or, you know, they're still progressing through school. And so they're... uh, There's a really great blog post written by Jennifer Gonzalez, whose Cult of Pedagogy is her podcast and her website, and I'm going to make sure we link that in the show notes for this, because understanding that, I think, is really important for new teachers and for teachers who are new to any given situation as well. So don't be afraid to ask out and, you know, reach out to a mentor or friend, because we all want to help each other out. Yeah. And we then, you know, it's so neat is that relationship with Kara. Like, we are able to go back and forth and share so many great resources with each other. And that's made both of us better teachers. So, so using a person or if you're completely new, I mean, Google has so much. Go online to like an online community like Twitter. People want to share. And I know at the college, they have access to, you can access every teacher's syllabi. So, so being able to look at all those different examples of, you know, syllabi from multiple teachers with the same course can really help uh, someone who's starting out as well.
1: Yeah, starting out myself, being able to have access to that to make sure that people are having an aligned experience is something that's on my mind as I'm, you know, working backwards. Uh, in my class.
0: Well, you live with a really great mentor that all of our my materials for speech have pictures of our kids on it and they're your kids too.
1: Perfect. So. <laughs> Wonderful. All right. So, Josh,
0: what does planning for a semester or the future look like in our daily lives?
1: So, whether you are planning a course or planning a course of action, see what I did there? Nice. You need to set expectations. So, Right now, a thing that's happening with us and our family is, uh, we have a great joy that our son is on this new drug. And with that, I want him to experience new foods. And so I'm trying to set those expectations for him right now that that's a possibility.
0: So our son has cystic fibrosis and the medicine that he is now old enough to take is Trikafta, which is gene therapy, incredible incredible immediate results. And so with that immediacy, I think sometimes it's easy to forget how crucial balancing that time and, and having him take it on time is. And so so remembering that, I think, is, is so key. And there's so many things for us to remember as educators in, you know, in the course of a day, and so many people to follow up with. And no matter what your profession is or if you're just in your personal life too remembering and following through with those commitments is is key in that time management piece as well
1: you also you talked about immediacy there and so obviously as you know jordan's dad it's important for me to make sure that he's he's you know reaching the that goal of trying these new foods but one thing i've been learning this month with him is it is such an immediate change and so when these immediate changes happen Give yourself some grace. Give the people you're working with some grace to let them kind of process that immediate change. You know, I think that's something that's so important.
0: He'll get there in his own time. He'll
1: he'll get there. Uh, You know, one of the other things you also mentioned was time management too. And so when it comes to setting up, you know, for a job in our life, there are some things that we want to make sure that we understand that, you know, that has to happen today or it has to happen in a certain time, like you had said. And so staying in the, the Jordan realm here, you know, this new drug, it, it has to kind of be within an hour uh, in the morning and then that within that same hour at evening it has to be taken 12 hours apart. And so that is, you know, pretty rigid for us. We have to make sure we're doing that. On the other hand, his chest therapy, you know, we can spread that in whenever. And so when you're preparing for a new job too, and you're learning, you know, the flow of your day, it's so important to kind of, you know, identify right away Okay, what has to happen today and what can I catch up on later if if things start to, you know, go sideways a little bit there. So that's what I would keep in mind.
0: I think that's a good lesson and definitely something that I'm going to be need to be reminded of as I transition into this next school year. Steph,
1: can I throw something at you before you leave? Sure. All right. I want you to think about the word 3 P. What do you think of? The bulls. Of course, the 90s bulls.
0: Also our children
1: also also our children yeah they have a a three-peat of their own um as as i know you know the world cup is this year and the women's team is is going for their three-peat now there are i think about five women were on the first two teams but they're they're introducing some new people to the team and there's so much pressure when it comes to a three-peat the world is basically rooting against you because they want someone new to come in so when they're preparing for that job it, it takes so much of a mel- uh, healthy mindset to make sure that they are prepared to get that that job accomplished. Can I tell you something else uh, about that? Of course. So we mentioned the Chicago Bulls. Did you know, and I know the answer is no, that <laughs> Dennis Rodman's daughter on this women's team?
0: That's incredible.
1: That's pretty incredible. So I know I'll be watching uh, at the end of July as the women uh, you know, face off in, in Australia and New Zealand. So
0: Go women's soccer.
1: Go women's soccer. But women sports on tv
0: hey folks thanks for listening to this podcast
1: if you enjoyed the show please join the conversation by leaving us a comment
0: or let us know don't forget to subscribe to hear more and please help others to find us by leaving a rating and review and feedback wherever you're listening
1: to this podcast thanks for chatting with me today, Steph. thanks for
0: chatting with me